Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to another episode of Jeff Has Cool Friends. My name is Jeff from the title of this show, and I have a cool friend. This is probably the smoothest introduction I've ever done. I jinxed it a little bit by saying that out loud. Uh, I'm very excited to have my very cool friend show up. Uh, she is an incredibly talented comedian who just dropped an absolutely killer album. Uh, she is a TV writer. She's an actor. She's a podcast host, an absolute gosh darn good person. Suba Agarwal. Suba, hey, hi. Thank you. Uh, one of those was a lie. Figure out which one. No, I'm just kidding. I'm a good person. <laughs> oh, no. No, I mean, I was that part was, you know, I mean, people don't need to know the reality of it. They can just roll with it. Uh, Suba, we, we, we've known each other for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're both uh, in the L.A. comedy scene when you're not also in the New York comedy scene. Yeah. Uh, being occasionally bi-coastal, which is, that's got to be stressful, right? Yeah, it f sucks because I'm not rich. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really yeah. sucks. Yeah, when people I say bi-coastal in other places, they're like, I go to one of my properties. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people out here, you'll see a lot of people in LA that are just like, okay, well, I'm subletting my apartment for these nine days. I know. If somebody doesn't fill it, I'll lose everything. I know. So do you know anybody that needs a nine day apartment? And I'm, I'm always just like, this is embarrassing, right? I can't. I mean, in this economy, what is dignity? I, oh, which by the way, I had to go to a hospital called Dignity Health or whatever the f and they charged me so much money. I'm not even going to talk about that. But it was like really ironic to be like carrying a cup of your own pee past the sign that says dignity. I'm like, stop. Like this is <laughs> There's oh. no dignity in a hospital. No. The, um, the only dignity is when you die in the hospital. Yes. That's the only way you get dignity. <laughs> That's how you win. <laughs> um, the sweet release yeah. of death. Uh. Yeah, I love it. Our Lady of Mercy. Until you get the check. And then it's right. a little bit expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you, yeah, you you are a bit of a multi-hyphenate. Um, you actually do talk uh, a little bit about sort of that journey that you go on. By the way, Dog Show was a great album. Oh, thank you. I did purchase it on Bandcamp. Um, to make sure that uh, that that seemed like the most optimal way to give you money, right? Is Bandcamp so. the best I, way to get an album? I think so. I don't understand all of it, so I'm just like wherever. As long as you download it, I'm happy. See, people say that, but I did. I don't know if that's always the best. People are like, "Hey, man, just listen to it on Spotify," and I'm like, F "That, <laughs> give me money." Like I I get that. I think we do. It, comedians chase exposure maybe a little too much. Yes, one thousand percent. Like I I I I kind of stopped doing that a little bit after I was just like, hey, my knees hurt too much for me to work for exposure. <laughs> Where I was just like, I'm I'm too ancient to be yeah. like, you know what? Just as long as people get the get the gist of what I'm going for, I yeah. I'm like, no, no, I need money for this because I will die. Do you like what I do? Give me money. One hundred percent. Um, but did you, is there physical copies of the album that were released? No, we didn't. Cause I wanted to get it out as soon as possible. And then like the physical ones take a long, it makes the release longer. Yeah. And then, um, I didn't want to worry about like having to sell the physical copies too. Cause I was like, oh, it's just like another headache I didn't want to do. So for this one, I just did, um, digital. You're like, just go for, di you didn't want to have like a CD. No. You want to sell your CD at, at the things you guys went CD player. I should um, sell VHS tapes. I think that would be. <laughs> I like that. The, well, like mixtapes, like came back. So that was the thing. Like I, I did an accidental album with Adam mm -hmm. Todd Brown because somebody bootlegged our entire set uh, <laughs> at a show, 
with really he used like a dat recorder <laughs> the guy was really nice he's like hey i recorded the whole show can i just like release it and we were like no <laughs> but we'll give you money for, for that recording and then we re we released like a split album that's like really a, funny and we released it uh you could get it digitally but we also had released it on gold cassette oh that's cool actually that's really cool i feel like if you do that physical sh though you just like sell it but then there's also a download code on it because like nobody has Oh, we have to, I have a bag of download cards. And honestly, yeah. like, I look at that material as I wasn't thinking that we were going to be recording an album and I would rather record like an album. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, mm, I'm just going to pretend this doesn't exist. Yeah. I don't know. The landscape has changed so much with like saving it for a thing versus releasing it. And apparently nobody cares if you're doing jokes that you dropped on Instagram anymore because everyone's like brain is rotted from TikTok. So I'm like, whatever the f and like the I got that first hour done and then I'm already like if I can just like I have a weekend or two lined up but I need more uh which is like another thing that's getting harder with TikTok so like oh I'm so sorry you don't have a million followers um but yeah that I'm is, like that is a bit frustrating the social media so aspect annoying. of stand-up comedy where it's like you know the joke is like oh I only need 80,000 more followers for people for people to know that I'm good at the thing that this has nothing to do with. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love those things where they're like, check out these up and coming comedians. And it's someone with like 300,000 followers on Twitter. And you're I just know. like, no, no, yeah. they made it. That's that they're not up and coming. They, that's exactly it. And I, I think I, I told, I said this to Sean as well, my husband, I was like, if I, um, I want to drop five hours of comedy and then I'm going to and then I can feel fine quitting. So I have one hour done and my second hour is like almost done. It's just like there's too much. I have to narrow it down to 60 and get it into a narrative. Mm -hmm. So like if I can get the weekends I need, it'll take me a couple months and then I'm almost halfway to quitting. Like that's how I so close. my brain. Which is which is actually such a a funny uh because you detail uh in the album dog show uh, mm -hmm. you can check it out <laughs> check it out on anything that's not free uh on dog show you do talk about how this was your dream when you mm -hmm. were young and that you were doing stand-up at a much younger age than anybody should be doing stand-up <laughs> yes. because nobody should be doing stand-up um and then to see it now where you're like i'm almost done like ripping a cigarette <laughs> oh i'm almost done with this son of a it is funny that like how the dream can turn to ashes in your mouth. Oh sometimes. my God. It's so exhausting at a certain point. And then you're like, cause if you don't, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not complaining. I did. I'm very grateful for everything I have, but at a certain point I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah, it's not worth working this hard for what I'm getting back. It's crazy. And then it's like, Genuinely, when people are like, for every like one success, there's like a thousand failures. And it's like, yeah, there really are. And it like eats away at your soul, especially if the success isn't like grand, you know? And especially when seeing the failures consistently make attempts mm -hmm. and fail, that it, there's there's something very demore. It's like inspiring and also very demoralizing when you see somebody who's bad at comedy still doing it after like 25 years. <laughs> Yeah. And you're just like, do you just love this thing that hates you? Because. Oh, my God. I saw I ran into this one lady who was like been doing it because I've been doing it for um, like 15, almost 16 years. And there was some chick in the green room who has been doing it for 30 years. And then she was like, 
oh man, I was so close to being X, Y, and Z, and like I was just behind this famous comic. I was second in line, and like all of these little missed things she was talking about, and how she was still desperately hanging on. And I swear to God, that bitch was like the ghost of Christmas future. I almost quit that night. I was like, this. Yeah, I think I think a lot of us have stories like like there were things where, you know, I almost had I almost had several TV shows like mm -hmm. shows one that was like one where it was already an established reality show and they wanted to bring me on. And then it was like we they decided to go with somebody that looked less like me, which is fine. It was like two. <laughs> there was already hosted by like two white dudes and mm -hmm. they were like, maybe we could mix it up. And I was like. It was very early in my time out here and I realized I was like, you know what, that's fine. Like yeah. I didn't come here for for this anyway. Right. And then there was another show that almost made it and it got to and I'm just like, ah, yeah, okay, I'm seeing this now. I get it. Yeah. But then sometimes you end up on a Netflix game show. Like, like <laughs> sometimes those things happen. Um October, a very big month for you because Dog Show released in October. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning of October, right? Mm -hmm. October 2nd, I want to say. Um, Yeah, it was the beginning of October. So whatever that weekend was, I don't remember. So you but... started October with a, a, an album release mm -hmm. and you ended October with a marriage. Yes. <laughs> to another comedian. Yes, unfortunately. That, how's that? I'm saying that like, hold on, let me rephrase that. As as somebody who is dating a comedian. <laughs> Look, we uh, can both make bad choices. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like in the marriage or in this or I mean all of the there's, above. D. There's there's so many we can both make bad choices moments in this conversation right now. Um so yeah, so you got married. Mm -hmm. You you went to Chicago to get married. Is that yeah. where your fam you're from originally? Yeah, that's where my parents are from. They're from the suburbs. So my mom was mostly planning it. So we're like, uh, and she had planned my brother's wedding in the same area. So I was like, oh, she'll know the vendors and the venues. It'll be simpler. So wrong. <laughs> yeah. I was so wrong. Was it what like oh imagine how much harder it would have been if you'd gotten married first? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it probably would have been simpler and cheaper if we had gone with a wedding planner because then we could have been more in control as opposed to letting my mom do what she was doing. I mean, the wedding was amazing and like my mom did a lot of work, so I'm like happy, but I was just like, Oh my god, you know. Is that from from what uh this is the part where uh i am a white guy that studied indian history so i'm trying not to be like one of those guys that pretends they're an expert is that common in in indian families that the the mother would take over that that role or is that something that your mother specifically was like i'm going for it i don't know i mean i think in most cultures like the mom is really excited for the wedding. like she was like genuinely planning my wedding since I was like 16 years old like we would pass things or like decorations she's like well I have to write that down that's gonna look really beautiful and I'm like the f are you talking I'm never gonna since get you were 16 years old yeah, so yeah like, you're gonna, she would like yeah, you... mention it casually and like have ideas yeah. and stuff um, a lot of my chemical romance napkins at the uh at the <laughs> wedding stuff stuff from when you were 16 you know it's so great yeah just an in-sync wedding cake um <laughs> you said you liked it <laughs> No, um, it was it was so crazy. Um, she cared way more about it than we did because we wanted something simple and not expensive. But then it like kind of snowballed, and it's like it's fine because it was so much fun. But it was also like, what the f did we just do? You also got married like on Halloween, right? Or like right... really close to it, like a few days before. Yeah, yeah. So... And it was a non-Halloween themed wedding, no. which must have been like a real throwback for whoever, like a real like twist. When whenever the person who's booking the venue was like. 
And where are your Jack Skellington and Sally uh, cake toppers going to go? And then you're just like, actually, we're just getting married. And they're like, you're not, not a weird goth thing where you're going to put like vials of each other's blood around your necks or something. Uh, no, we're not Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. No, sorry. We're just bland. Uh, uh, just a, just a standard wedding. Oh, I mean, it's an Indian wedding. I'm sure they would have loved to get some goths in there. It would have been way simpler. There would have been no band, no possibility it's... of an elephant. We didn't want an elephant, but there would have been like way. And way somebody deep. more ornamentally dressed. Right. They would have m- m- many more like rings on the fingers and things like that that <laughs> one would expect. Um, but yeah, so was that? It was it. You said it was an Indian wedding, is in the traditional style mm-hmm. of um, what you would see when you see a big Indian wedding. Yeah. Oh, um, nice. In Chicago, yeah. So you yeah. you had uh, were, were there were, was it the um, the menu uh, Indian fare as well? Yeah, like because it's funny. Sean was like, "Oh, we should have some non-Indian food for people in case they don't want." And then um, non-Indian <laughs> food. You see, you see, because non, you get it. Oh my god, um, could you be any paneer? Okay, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Paneer pun. Okay, let's. Okay. Anyway, non Indian food. <laughs> but he was like, maybe we could have like pasta because my mom was like, oh, the caterer does pasta. And then we looked at the menu and it was like pasta in red or white sauce. And then we were like, no, just do Indian food. What the f- is pasta in red or white sauce? That's crazy. Oh, because they're just, they're saving you the trouble of saying marinara or Alfredo. I know, and just but going, it's like. like if that's what you're yeah. calling it, there's no way that's going to taste good. <laughs> I would say suburban Illinois people, you kind of have to keep... You You don't want to get too ethnic. <laughs> you don't want to get... Uh, unless it's Polish, in which you can get as ethnic as you want. If you go too ethnic in, in the suburbs of Illinois, they're going to be that's like, not our, I'm not going to eat this marinara sauce. <laughs> like, it's just the red sauce. Oh, we like that. You mean like on a pizza? Okay, we'll put that on there. I, uh... I, I enjoy Chicago. I do not enjoy the weather in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. I mean, I kind of like having seasons, though. Although, um, it's like yeah. a decently cold right now in L.A., so it's fine. <laughs> we, I think um, I think Daniel Tosh does a bit about that, where he's like, where people are like, I like the seasons. He's like, I do, too. That's why I live in a place that skips the <laughs> one. Uh, and, and I... I'm down with that a little bit. Yeah, currently, as of recording, it is cold and rainy in Los Angeles. It has been in the mid-50s and wet. Uh, <laughs> and let me tell you, this town does not know how to handle that. They really don't. It's so fucking It might as well be a tornado. Although, I forgot. Um, I took my dog to the dog park. Not not this, the last time it rained, like the next day. And it was just like mudslide. I felt so stupid. I was like, oh God, I forgot. I should have waited a couple because I'm not used to like calculating that. And like my dog was just like coated in mud and like dog drool. And I just paid for her to get a bath at Petco. I was so angry. Oh, but it's, yeah. it's not like I can show her the park and be like, just kidding. We're going to the dentist. Like I had to litter in at that it's point. It's like washing your car right before the rain. <laughs> and you're just like, Shit. I get it. Like, I totally understand that. And I've screwed that up. Do, do you, because you've lived in, I would say, I would consider, I would consider, and this is probably stupid on my part, but as far <laughs> as comedy city go, cities go and just cities in general, I do consider like New York, Central Point, Chicago, and then LA, mm. where you live in LA now. Mm. Do you, are, are there things that you find very different 
Uh, I mean, obviously there are, but like, what are those big differences that you notice? Uh, you mean comedically? Comedically or life-wise, yeah. Um, well, I mean, comedically, New York just has like so much more stage time. That isn't yeah. like centered around whether or not you're famous. In LA, mm -hmm. it's much harder to work uh, the most popular clubs unless you're like extremely established. It's really rapist, fucking hard. Yeah. And I don't even mean established as a comedian. I mean established as in, like, you've had a Netflix special on a TV show. Um, it's, like, really difficult. And, like, even when you're, like, an established comic, you might be working those clubs, but you're not working them regularly like you would in New York. You don't – it's, like, hard to get a home club here, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Mine got demolished. I was a Nerd Melt comic. Yeah. And it got literally oh, demolished. <laughs> Like, I've never, there's no bigger metaphor than I was like, finally, a space for comedians like me mm. in the back of a comic book store with a, a small but really boisterous room. I was like, I'm made for this. And they're like, congratulations, it is getting destroyed and turned into condos. <laughs> yep. Yep. About part so of the course. But so more, more crypto bros can buy, uh, buy a second location. Exactly. But no, New York has that advantage to it. LA, it's yeah. just like, harder and more frustrating um but like still possible which is why i've been spending more time in la lately because mm -hmm. like my husband and my pets are here and i was like all right just suck it up and make it work and like find rooms that'll play you um to fill in the gaps and i've been doing you, a decent job of it um if you could transplant from la to new york would you yeah in a heartbeat but okay. um the issue is like because of Sean, I can't really do that. Um, so, but it's like, on the other hand, I love having, because Sean has a house and I love having a house and a yard and like, yeah, you space. married into a house. Look at that. I know. It's, <laughs> I know. That's not the worst thing, right? Exactly. I think the quality of life is better in LA than it is in New York. New York is just, unless you're super rich, it's so stressful. Oh, I see those, those, the apartments. People are just like, oh, just moved into my new apartment. I was like, that is, that's a that's a pantry it's like you're no, crammed a... in there because you're not the trade-off is like you're living like but you're not like you're not there to be at home when you're in new york you're there to experience new york and be out and be doing like five club spots or whatever the you're doing so it's like when you're home you don't care because like you've traded it in for like this magical experience allegedly um or it could just be stockholm syndrome and then chicago has a great comedy scene but it's like more difficult to get um if you're like establishing yourself it's more difficult to get the industry connections you would need in yeah. chicago you, you um, develop the insulation i, I think s smaller cities and, and by smaller cities i'm saying cities like chicago and boston which are not small cities yeah. but you get that they're they become very insulated mm -hmm. meaning you can build good talent in there but it's much harder to get the respect of of the coastal yeah the, the, the two big coastal cities yeah Unless you're like super famous and then you choose to, then you can live wherever the f you want and it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like five famous comedians total. Like whenever people talk about that, like in LA, when like, I, I don't, I have this conversation with Val often where she'll be like, oh, I need to get a headliner for this. I was like, huge, huge news for you. Headliners don't do anything in LA. Headliners <laughs> don't move tickets. They just don't like, unless it's Kevin Hart. Or Dave Chappelle or John Mulaney. There's like, it's nobody's selling extra tickets out here because there's so much access. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. There's so many famous people here. It's crazy.
Yeah, that's why I think with Mint on Card, our best thing has been like making people fans of the show instead of chasing. And like fans that's of... the way it should be. And I think like um, other comics were talking about it, how like clubs are depending on talent to bring people, but they're like so they're hiring these like TikTok people who don't have the year. I mean, in some TikTok like people got big off of like Atsuko, like she's actually a stand up yeah. comedian who's super talented, but a lot of them aren't. Like they just haven't had the opportunity to develop what they yeah. need to develop to actually properly headline so they'll bring in these acts into their clubs because they have huge followings and then people will leave and be like oh well that was a bad show and then yeah. the club becomes increasingly dependent on performers to bring the audience because the audience doesn't trust your club as opposed to just making them fans of the club and the show yeah which and was I, the I, old I, model that worked <laughs> so the, it, it, it was at one point in time but yeah like especially in la mm -hmm. and and i think there are clubs if you are LA if you are you know LA uh, local then you would know that clubs like the West Side Theater don't mm -hmm. necessarily chase that situation yeah much different like than the larger clubs like the you know the comedy store the improv that are like you got to make sure you sell this many tickets or else the show doesn't happen and yeah. you know and it, they kind of become this <sighs> they're the places everybody wants to go but I don't necessarily know why other than legacy right Right. Where I'm like, you know, it's come to the point where I'll just say like, oh, what's the rate? And if they're like, oh, we're not paying. I'm like, I'm, I don't, I don't work for free so other people can make money. Like, yeah. that's weird. I think that there's words for that and I'm not going to use them, but yeah. <laughs> um, so you would record a dog show. It's your first album, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So dog show you record. Um, it took uh, a, about 15 years to get an actual album that you yeah. were comfortable, ready to go well, and to record. Minus two for the pandemic, we'll it's say. It's because, like, because um, I kept getting really close to being um, famous. I kept getting really close to having something huge happen for me. Mm -hmm. So I kept holding the material. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I have this, this, and this going. And it's like, if any one of these five things happens for me, um, I have a really strong chance of selling this as a special or be just being offered something. So I kept holding the material, but then it was like, like five years in a row of being like second in line for something and like not booking or not getting it or just having things canceled where I was like, I just have to put it out myself. So I kind of just kind of, I gave up <laughs> essentially because I kept being like, oh, okay, my thing's going to happen for me. And then I'll be able to do like what Ali Wong did where she just kind of came out and like dropped her first big thing on a major platform. So in my head, I was like, oh, that's what I'll do. But then that thing never happened for me, even though it looked like it was going to. Um, I, I like that you considered it giving up instead of owning your <laughs> Well, giving up on the idea that like, oh, I was like, you know, or just just big things where I was very close to like selling my own TV show and shit. Oh, really? like, yeah, it's like if that had gone, I could have easily gotten a special and then or like I almost had a huge part in this movie um, that like a what major movie? movie that was theatrically released and I didn't get it. And I was like in the top consideration and like shit like that kept happening for me. All right. So we're just going to gloss over that. You're not going to tell me what movie that was. I mean, I was, you know, um uh confess fletch i was almost the oh, yeah. brown detective so Ooh. yeah so and that would have been huge for me and that would have upped my profile enough i felt to like have had a solid chance of being able to sell the special to somebody um yeah. so it was shit like that and it was just like and it wasn't just like one or two things it was things like that like a lot of them over the yeah. course of like probably three to five years of like almost but nothing but literally 
nothing. Um, and then I kind of was like, I can't keep waiting for somebody to make my career. I just kind of have to live in what I have now, which is fine. I got more comfortable with that. Yeah. Like, I think I got comfortable with that a lot more quickly than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. Like, I think something sometime around 2016 is when I really kind of was just like, I'm going to stop chasing the opportunity of the mainstream success and be like, I'm just going to do my own thing. And hopefully enough people notice that they can keep me alive. Yeah. Like, that's I mean, that's that 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 like cults and it, it is funny too because i've talked about it um before i think i talked about it even with valerie where valerie is a much more mainstream comedian than i mm-hmm. am and she she's you know obviously had conan and tv credits and blah 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 and i'm very much like that kind of culty indie energy and, yeah. and it, we're both very we have different pathways but i think we're both reaching that success although i kind of pulled away from stand up a little bit more because mm. i don't know it might be one of those things where like maybe maybe the integrity is not doing me as well as it you know like where you think like working with integrity is important it's like yeah but you're if you're not if you're not working because of it like the whole like i don't want to work in any of these places where they're booking known rapists oh then you're not gonna work exactly yeah and it's like like what do i do there do i figure out how to avoid the entire club concept or do i do I go full indie? Cause I'm not famous enough for that to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm not Patton in 2006. You right, know, like, right. I can't do that. You know, it's like yeah. that tour was Patton, Posehn, Bamford and, um, that shit was crazy. And what's his name there? Uh, the, the guy oh. from the, the Hangover. Um, yeah, Galifianakis. Yeah, Zach, Zach yeah. Galifianakis, and, and, and they did their comedians of comedy tour. And I mm-hmm. was like, man, like I'd like to do that, but, I don't have 25% of what one of those people have for a following. So, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so you're here, LA, and this is, are, are, do you think you're going to like, you guys are going to stay here? Or do you, is it more of like a who knows or like, no, we should I mean, get the Sean's fuck out of here? Soon. his restaurant. So he wants to move to Chicago to do it. Um, so, I mean, which is like interesting for me because like when I do work or book something, it's either New York or LA. So, um but i'm like okay uh so i guess we're moving to chicago next year he's gonna open his restaurant and then i'll just end up having to bounce around from city to city (laughs) yeah halfway point you've the good thing is you're you're liked enough that you will have access to that like that's not going to be as much of a problem uh as there um so you uh another thing uh i mentioned val you actually run a podcast called Mm -hmm. family gems with valerie tossi former guest of the show and I've done an episode and you guys just made fun of me the whole time. <laughs> it was real great. It was real good. It was very funny. It was funny because like the episode is good. And, and I definitely suggest listening to uh, all the episodes of Family Gems because they're they're very good. Uh, they're very funny. And I think you guys are a, a, an undiscovered gem of the <laughs> podcast world. Thank uh, you. Pardon the pun. Um, although after the recording, I think I texted Val and I was like, I do have notes. <laughs> I, was, I was like you might not want to be super mean to your guest the whole time <laughs> i was like that might oh push your listeners away a little bit when you just meanfully roast the person <laughs> she's like what it was funny and i was just like okay well it was a very funny it was a very funny exchange. Where I, was I think just we like, were meaner to you than we were to most of our guests normally. <laughs> to be yeah, honest. probably. Yeah, that's probably right. 
I, I do like the the direction that you guys are going. I think oh, it's uh, it's it's very fun, and obviously, and you're still in your infancy, right? You guys, you guys have been doing this for like what five months, six yeah, months, yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, so it's still a it's still a baby. Yeah. And so, um, is there a, like a, a long term plan for that with the show? Um, I mean, I think we're just gonna keep doing it. Hopefully, build a following behind it, and then see. Mm-hmm. I mean. I know my manager has like asked me about it every now and then and like I've sent him a write up and whatever. So Well that who, would be nice, right? Yeah, who knows if he's actually pitched it or done whatever with it, but uh yeah, I'm just gonna keep doing it. Cause that's the nice thing about a podcast is like you can literally just keep you know. <laughs> that's the nice thing about a podcast. Try like, I don't know, eight or whatever <laughs> number of podcasts I'm doing these days. Some would say too many, and that some <laughs> would be everyone but me. I think some weirdly would say, en- please stop. <laughs> weirdly enough, uh, as of the recording here, the next five days, not only do I have at least one recording every day, but I have at least one recording at three p.m. every day. Wow! Not counting all the other ones. So, like somehow, I've managed to hit that schedule of doing three p.m. recordings for the entire week next week. That's crazy. Of various. Yeah, that's too. That's that's a lot. That, that is a lot. Do you find it because the show is about people basically telling sort of crazy stories about their families. Mm-hmm. Um, do you get people that are that have denied doing the show or, or, or passed on the show because they don't want to their family to listen to it? Some people have or like they'll agree to do it and then they'll freak out last minute and it's like, what the f- but also, like, you don't have to talk shit about your family. Everybody has, like, a funny family story. It doesn't have yeah. to be mean. Like, it doesn't have to be like, my mom beat me when I was drunk. Like, no, just like, oh, funny. You, you forgot a cousin at the gas station in Orlando. That's hilarious. Like, everyone can relate to that. It doesn't have to be some, like, f***ed up dark family shit yeah. where it's like, and that's why Uncle Rodney can't come to Thanksgiving. Like, no. <laughs> It can just be something fun. And like we tell them that. I'm like, it can be fun and it can be about you or like if they have kids, like their relationship with their kids. Like it doesn't have to be. I, I think it's, it's, it's so funny because comedians just tend to be so mean spirited that they immediately are like, oh, you mean I have to say something terrible about my family? And it's like, no. Why did you immediately <laughs> jump to terrible? I know. Family Gems is is a really fun show. I enjoyed doing it. Uh, one of the things that you guys gave me a really hard time for and cut it uh, into a video, which was really <laughs> nice, um, was uh, even though I had tested negative for COVID, I was still extra masking on the plane. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't take it off unless I was in the restroom, including um, if I would take my little snack and go in there. Yes. And you guys roasted me so hard. <laughs> about how th- how disgusting that was that i was like Eating drinking water in the bathroom, bathroom? I, can't. I can't and and i kind of reminded that va- I, I like kept sending her stuff I'd be like here's another article about how the entire plane is f- gross and the ba-. and i kept like i wouldn't let it go and she's like can you just stop like the show's over i'm like i need you to know i'm right i'm like you drink coffee on the plane somehow wait till you learn about the hot water dispenser on the on the plane what don't the... never drink coffee or tea on a plane by the way why uh because of the way the uh the filter works like they never like there's like some kind of thing how like that it never gets cleaned out appropriately Ew. it's like the shake machine at mcdonald's don't ever order anything from that what why are you ruining all of the things that keep me alive <laughs> go for it man it's not keeping you alive <laughs> you're alive in spite of those things um 
nothing don't drink anything with hot water on a plane like just don't do it like that's crazy there was there was a uh, it was a podcast um it was thrillist did a podcast where they were interviewing um uh, flight attendants and they were very specific about the hot water thing oh that sucks yeah you they gotta were listen like, to the employees they, they know. were like do not do it and yeah the same thing with like the shake machine because they never get cleaned out properly they never get cleaned hmm. so uh they're like filled with like sludge and shit like that i mean look foul. if i'm eating in at mcdonald's and drinking a shake i don't want to live anyway uh if we're being honest <laughs> but you know what's okay i'll give i'll give uh your listeners a tip as somebody who used to work at the apple store uh don't try on over the ear headphones don't put those on your head the ones that are out on display never put those on your head it's disgusting really? yeah because like uh in new york like unhoused people um which doesn't make them inherently dirty but it's like obviously harder to have access to a shower if you're unhoused it's and okay to say that out loud i think <laughs> I it's okay i'm just to... like i don't want to be like oh all just because you're in house means you're filthy but there were a lot of people who couldn't keep up personal hygiene that would come into the store and then put those headphones on their head even though they were like at one point somebody visibly had bugs on them and then they like those headphones had to be disinfected because like there were bugs on the headphones after they left i don't know what those bugs were i went to the other side of the store i'm like i'm not processing what's happening right now but it's like so many people put those headphones on their head and like a lot of those people are not clean so it is really disgusting to just put that like on your hair and your face and just be like yeah i'm gonna listen in to this yeah, album gonna, it's like no pass on that yeah it's so gross never put over the ear headphones that are on display on your face don't do it <laughs> anything so that's gross. on display in general i wouldn't put on your body yeah but you don't think about it because it's over the ear it's not like it's in the ear so you're like oh this will be fine no it's not fine <laughs> it's so gross I, I i have these like earbuds that i wear when i go for a run and mm -hmm. then sometimes i'll look in there and i'm like man i thought i used q-tips <laughs> like i'll be like i'm pretty sure that I do the things to not make this be a problem, and yet I cannot help but oh, notice fucking, the amount disgusting. of sludge. It's disgusting. Yeah, it is pretty foul. <laughs> it's and there was one time where I was like, I took a toothpick and I was cleaning it out, and I like punctured through like the speaker thing, and I'm like, this this whole house of cards is falling apart. <laughs> like maybe I should just not do this. I just use an alcohol wipe to um, clean them out. That's probably better. You're you're well. You're a smarter person than me. <laughs> If I do, like, if looking inside an earbud, it, there's no better way to be like, I need to, I need to do something about my ears immediately. Even though, like, you got out of the shower and you use the Q-tip instead, be like, I need to soak hydrogen peroxide in my ear canal for nine <laughs> minutes and let the bubbles clean me out. Like, that is an absolute move. You ever do that? No. Can you, you actually lay on put your side? hydrogen peroxide in your ear? You you lay on your side and you put like three or four drops, maybe a little bit more of hydrogen peroxide in your ear, let it fill up and you can hear it like bubbling and stuff. And then you put, when you're done, you put a paper towel and you turn your head over the other way and oh. you just look at what pours out Ew. And, and you're just like, this is gross. No, I've, um, I'm in. I've used those earwax drops, whatever the, I don't know what the fuck is in that from like CVS or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, they also sell like scoops and stuff. They sell like little plastic. There's like so little good. kits you can get that are like, and I and I looked at that and I was like, that's. It. They're like, don't use a Q-tip, use this thing. And I'm like, this looks like I'm just putting a spoon in my ear canal. That also <laughs> seems dangerous. I was like, this oh doesn't seem God. better. The human body is so gross. It's so it's so gross. disgusting. 
Like the human body is so nasty. The fact that anybody has ever had sex is gross. <laughs> Where you're just like, you did what? Ugh. We're like a person? Ugh. <laughs> With a disgusting human? Ew. Yeah. In which part? <laughs> they put those under pants for a reason, folks. <laughs> Uh, Suba, I don't know if you knew this, uh, but uh, I, I uh, have, uh, if you're listening to this for free, if the people are listening to this for free, thank you so much for listening to Suba and I talk about earwax. Uh, <laughs> it's such a, it's, there's nothing I've wanted more than for that. And I appreciate that. If you're listening on Patreon, I, I appreciate you more. Some would say I appreciate you more for not only giving me your ears, but also your money. Uh, it, it keeps me alive. I eat money. <laughs> so it's. <laughs> how i live um if you head on over to patreon.com slash jeff may and you sign up for the producer tier you can pay a little bit of extra money i'll say your damn name i will say your name on there and suba we, we can talk we can discuss these names we can talk about them we can have a good time uh for example just added this morning as of recording joseph gonzalez um so hey, hey joe hey how you doing so let's give a big shout out to norm from cheers hi norm uh, give a, a shout out to Burrito Mouth. I don't care for pie. Oh, it feels really good to get that off my chest. Is that their name? Well, that's what they paid me to say. Oh, that's what they paid you to say. Oh, just wait. <laughs> just wait, Suba. You're on for a ride. Uh, jocular, haggard, cantankerous fool. You're going to get a lot of JHCF and uh, acronyms here. Wow. Uh, shout out to Vortispin. Just boof it. Boof. What does that mean? Just boof it. Uh, it depends on if you're running, if you're trying to become a Supreme Court justice and people are asking you what that means. <laughs> and then you just go, I like beer and then cry. <laughs> and then you get put on. Shout out to Jolly, Ho Jolly Holly Christmas Fool. J-H-C-F. I'm a, I'm a Christmas fan. You a like, fan? Yeah, I like Christmas. Um, yeah. Sean is obsessed. So... <laughs> Wow, you and Val have a lot in common because I am also obsessed. <laughs> Has she mentioned that to you, that it's like a problem? No. Oh, wait, no, she did because of the Santas. Yeah, she oh, I got some Santas. I've, I've filled up. The, the collection has grown mightily. <laughs> it's funny because my, my Christmas tree is a lot of personality to it. and There's a lot of ornaments, like personalized and stuff. And Val was like, let's decorate. Now we'll decorate my tree. And... Ornament-wise, she has like five things with personality, and then everything else is just a ball. And I was just like, as I'm doing it, I'm like, this is boring as As <laughs> I'm like putting them up there, I'm like, ah, oh, another red ball. Just put that I like I like the idea of like trying to call a Christmas tree ugly, but like covering it. It's like, oh, those ornaments have great personality. They're not. Yeah, well, the, oh, I don't think a Christmas tree, I personally don't believe a Christmas tree should look elegant. <laughs> You killed oh, a tree you and you dragged not, it into your house. Not like that uh, horrendous Baron Melania Trump uh, Christmas yeah, decorations. Right. That that like high end Christmas tree where it's just like a a simple strand of white lights. Uh, or, or, I'm like, get the f out oh, of you here! Mean Give the me the ones that look like they fell out of a Guillermo del Toro dystopian Christmas. Those right? No, <laughs> that I want one that looks like. I want one that's covered in like like shit you got in Burger King in 1989, <laughs> like that kind of ornament. Like yeah. I want the ornaments to look silly, yeah, um, and show the personality of the people that are celebrating the spirit. And so when I was putting them up there, I was like, oh, there's a silver ball that represents <laughs> balls apparently. Oh, red. Here we go. 
Don't worry about it. She doesn't listen to this, so she won't know that I was talking shit on her Christmas tree. Uh, oh, I'm so, FaceTiming uh, her right now. Is that bad? No. <laughs> it's Yes. She has work to do. Uh, try to be the kind of person that Mister that makes Mr. Rogers proud. Aw. That was a nice good one. Good advice, yeah. Um, shout out to Where's Clawful? That's uh, an inside joke about... I know Clawful. Because uh, of... Yeah, my... Yeah. My lo- my lobster villain monster man, yeah. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Gerard Wayne. Shout out to Farty Marty, who's devoted his life to being upwind from Jeff in case, quote, the great air biscuit arrives as foretold. He wrote a novel for me to say out there. Air That's a good biscuit. use of 10 bucks. Floating an air biscuit. <laughs> yeah. Are you a biscuit fan? Yeah. I, lo- I love a good biscuit. Best place to get a biscuit. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I prefer homemade because uh, I want Sean to make them. <laughs> is he good at making biscuits? Yeah. Great place. Is there a good biscuit place in LA? Uh, places that have good biscuits. I mean, the KFC is, I think, famously yeah. has pretty decent biscuits. Popeyes biscuits are great. If you like salt, <laughs> a Popeyes biscuit will get you to the game. Cracker Barrel has good biscuits. Uh, that's true. I'm a. Are you a Cracker Barrel fan? Yeah. Um, I've only eaten there like once or twice. And then like I went because I was like traveling in some remote area and they had a Cracker Barrel and I was like, oh, I've heard about them. So I got a salad. But then I was like so wigged out just like being in that environment that I ate it in my car in the parking lot. I don't know why. I just walked What was in the there. environment? Was it too busy because of was, all the bric-a-brac on the wall? It was so mm-hmm. uncomfortably white. Like there was not a person. That's else. so wrong, though. Like, like that's such a misnomer. I mean, not your experience, but like Cracker Barrel is one of the most like progressively owned and clienteled places. I'm sure it was. I think it was more the area I was. I forgot where I was driving and traveling, but it's one of those things where I immediately walk in and then people are like, what the f*** are you? Like, I can see that in their eyes when they like. Well, yeah, you're not in. white or black. So that, yeah. That's, how do they figure it out? Yeah. And then Guatemala? they're like, what is yeah. this? What are you doing here? We don't see people like you around here. And that energy, I was like, let me take this to go. And then I'm just going to eat it in my car. <laughs> creeping me yeah. the f- out. You should be like, like, do you have the, do you, do you, do you have the Vindaloo omelet? <laughs> and then they're just like, what? <laughs> I like, I like me some crack, Cracker Barrel. They were like one of the first places I saw that did equal representation on Santa's. Oh, really? They were half white Santas and half black Santas. Hell yeah. <laughs> I wasn't mad about it. Eat and die, Grand Canyon. You ever been to the Grand Canyon? What? You ever been to the Grand Canyon? Um, Yes. I don't remember it well, but when I was a kid, yeah. Oh, was it? It was probably a big hole in the ground, right? Yeah. Yeah, you got it. You got the gist. I've seen the pictures. I don't need to go. Show me in the rules where it says a dog can't play basketball. Gray man, tell me your fears. <laughs> Shout out to Jeff using Deep Blue Sea memes to break bad news. I did that about a year ago with the death of Betty White. (laughs) People will not let me forget about it. Uh, A lot of people found out uh, Betty White died by me posting a meme using the uh, 1999 film Deep Blue Sea. Uh, uh, Shout out to Tyler Wilgus asking seven. In the time since he changed his name on this document, Jezbutt had a kid, got a new job, and got covid Dude, Jez, I'm getting concerned that you have not updated this. Is the kid okay? Is he in college by now? <laughs> Update that name, dude. Uh, Kimball, the casual Frankenstein. Uh, shout out to the target loss prevention officer currently hunting Jeff. Uh, that's because <laughs> I sh- I shoplift from Target. I, Just uh, M&Ms. 
I shoplifted one thing from a self-checkout, and I was so proud of myself. What'd you do? Um, I bought a bunch of groceries, and then, you know, those, like, tiny little health shots? Oh, I, yeah. I just, like, saw it in the cart, and I was like, there's no way anyone can see that I haven't scanned that, and it's very easy to be like, oh, I missed it. So I paid for everything else, and then I just shoplifted. Yeah. So like, that shouldn't be $6 any way, so I just don't. It is hard. It would be hard. I'd be hard pressed to like if I'm dropping like ninety five dollars on Target and they're like, you didn't pay for this dollar fifty nine bag of M&Ms, you thief. I'd be like, is that the thing I would steal? <laughs> and the answer is, yeah, it actually is. So, um, so we got that going for us. Um, shout out to 20 years in retail has taught me loss prevention watches employees, not customers. Mm. So I like that the whoever did this put this right after the Target loss prevention <laughs> officer currently ending Jeff. So that lets me believe that uh, go for it, everyone. They're just looking at employees <laughs> for stealing. And also, if you steal and, you know, make sure Target Loss isn't paying attention. But, you know, steal from work. Shout out to Steven. I'm having trouble reading this name because I am illiterate. Uh, Cody Beck. Shout out to Jeff thinks turkey is disgusting. I don't. Oh, okay, good. I was supposed to be like, what the f I like turkey. A lot of people talk on it now. It's I been very popular didn't... to talk I didn't like turkey. I think because it's like hard to do well. But like Sean yep. made one that was like really well done. And I was like, oh my God, is this what they're supposed to taste like? Because this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When turkey's done well, it's amazing. Mm. Um, shout out to uh, Lisa McCarty at Comics Book Girl. Comics with an X and Girl with a U. Shout out to Aeschylus and his tortoise, Ooh, Dr. DNA. I get to beguile. The scene in Meet Joe Black where Brad Pitt dies. <laughs> shout out to I'm never going to have a history podcast you little <laughs> so stop asking shout out to Mackenzie Jeff made me feel like a douche from my Albert Camus reference so now I'm going to make him say Eddie Haskell's obvious piss fetish chill <laughs> that was one that's one guy <laughs> uh, shout out to Instagram and Twitter's at Bob underscore of underscore skull shout out to while my chocolate starfish gently weeps <laughs> So Lemming weird. Malloy. Shout out to Lemming Malloy. Jay, friend of the crows, demands a crow emoji. Hashtag join the murder. Huh. We were at the we were at the um the wine place last night and in the uh in the trees was a committee of turkey vultures. Oh, that's creepy as Yeah, I was like, they waiting for a white lady to break her hip and <laughs> the in the rain fall down. No, waiting for someone named Susan to just have one too many Merlots. <laughs> yeah. It's having a sign here. And then just some cartoon vulture comes down and picks her bones. They're just waiting to hear it's one o'clock and then they strike. <laughs> That's what they're waiting for. Oh my God. Yeah, there's a lot of place there's a there's a lot of women there whose name and religion is both crystal. Uh <laughs> Uh, so follow my dog's Instagram at Bash Noggins. He's dumb and adorable. Uh, I love a dumb. I love a dumb dog. <laughs> dumb dogs are better than smart dogs. I think they're much more lovable. A smart yeah. dog, they get uppity. <laughs> Shout out to you get the Aldo Vargas rookie card, everybody. Shout out to Ball Halls. Shout out to Koi Farm Art and Mentoring. Former guest of the show uh, and sponsor. Good for him. Shout out to Nolan Void, Ricky Cilantro, Big Booty Boy for 2069. <laughs> Maine, more than Stephen King. You ever been to Maine? Mm-mm. No. I didn't know Stephen King was from Maine. Oh, <laughs> please tell me that's a joke. No, I didn't. <laughs> it's like every setting of every book he's ever written is Maine. 
Mm, probably. <laughs> yeah. There's not. Yeah, he's very main. Uh, jumping rope, still a sport. Jeff not liking it, still a fact. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't like sports. It's the name of one of my podcasts. You don't even like sports. So there we go. Bodacious, big, bad, bouncing, bollock, bonanza. Shout out to Jennifer Fendelander at AV Foundry, Patrick Dore, Bart Fartigan, Jeff Hordes Christmas Festoonery. Another change. Yeah. Shout out to Huey. Check out Nerd with Dre and Jeff wherever Jeff May podcasts are found. That is correct. And we have a nice little treat for you guys for the month of December. Uh, Rudy Daft Punk has an anime Rueda. It's called Interstellar 5555. Are you a Daft Punk fan? Mm, I mean, I'm not against them. <laughs> You're not, say... They're not your sworn enemy? Yeah, yeah I would say um, I'm a fan, but I'm not. I don't have anything against them. What about anime? Oh, I love anime. Do you do? What's your favorite? I mean, that's hard. I like a lot of them. I like Black Clover because I think it's, um, I think I'm just in love with one of the captains, Yami Sukihiro. I mean, but Jujutsu Kaisen is really good. My hero is really good. I mean, I like nice. Chainsaw Man, even though it's like weird. But yeah, yeah. I, there's a lot of good ones. <laughs> I hosted the My Hero panel in, in Michigan, and it was the four principal actors. And oh, cool. I got to tell you, I've never felt more useless than being on a stage with four people who know each other well in front of a thousand screaming <laughs> children. I've never been more vestigial. I've never been more useless where I'm like, I got, I got, I introduced them and then they know what they're doing. Right. So even after the panel, I was like, Hey, I'll do this all, every time. If you want, I just want you to know that you guys should probably just go in house for one of these people because you don't need you don't need my talents for this. Like, yeah, give me a tougher one. This is just <laughs> me watching a panel from the side. Um, but they were really nice. In case you're wondering, all the actors uh, for my hero have been absolute delights. Aw, that's good. <laughs> Shout out to Jeff hates competitive fun. Oh, I will also add that I told my niece and nephew that because they're big anime nerds because yeah. they're losers, you know. And uh, <laughs> that was so mean. And I was like, yeah, I was like, your uncle's hosting the My Hero Academia panel. <laughs> and they're like, that's cool if you like mainstream anime. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? F you. <laughs> Shout out to Goji. Feliz Navidad, you jolly. F I didn't have Impressive. to go that hard on that one, but Aggressive. I felt good about it. Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite Christmas song? Um, no, I don't like most Christmas songs because as somebody who has worked retail, you hear all of them so many times that i like christmas music is like partially ruined for me <laughs> i gotta be honest mariah carey just i can't i feel like i'm back scanning ipads <laughs> yeah just you're like i'm gonna go outside i'm gonna put on <laughs> i'm gonna put these overhead headphones uh over your <laughs> headphones on so i don't have to listen to it um i worked at toys r us oh, in in the winter of 2000 2004 2005 and 2006 i was like mm. seasonal for them i just yeah. love doing it aside from the fact that simply having a wonderful christmas time is one of the worst songs ever written <laughs> and performed um it never ruined christmas music for me really yeah yeah wow. there's some good stuff out there these days actually there's an episode of unpops that we just recorded where i talked about some stuff that's been really great and um kelly clarkson's been doing great stuff megan trainer sia Really good Christmas stuff going on. There's a great song by Ed Sheeran and um, Elton John called uh, Merry Christmas. It's a delight. 
<laughs> a delight, Suba. Um, Kool-Aid Molotov wants to remind everyone that fascism is bad and punching Nazis is cathartic. Who am I True. to disagree with there? Shout out to Dan Hackroyd. Happy holidays. That's a fun little... Someone just wrote happy holidays. That's it. It's nice. That's it. I, Jeff May, believe that there is no better streaming service than Tubi to watch Armand Asante movies. Favorite <laughs> Armand Asante movie. Go. Oh, I don't have one. Don't exactly. Know. Correct. Um, itty bitty Millie committee. Pity the fool. Shout out to Kelly says eat the rich. They're hoarding all the blue check marks. I got huge <laughs> news for you, Kelly. They're not hoarding any check marks now because you can get one for the low, low price of eight dollars. <laughs> When is Twitter going to die? Just die. I'm so mad it was my favorite. I know, but it's like this weird, like, will it, won't it? There's like, yeah. and then I keep seeing all these like bad about it. And I'm like, okay, well then if this is what it is, it should die. Steep backslide into fascism over on Twitter. Yes. But, uh, and I'm just glad I can still be there. And just every time Elon Musk says something, I'll be like, hey, you're a idiot. You know that? <laughs> and that feels great. Like that genuinely feels pretty good. Um, the guy who played JJ in Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Shout out to Lisa Harden, also my co-producer on Mint on Card. Shout out to Jessica Robertson, Silius Ruby, The Digital Phil, The Ghost of Dave Thomas, The Great Advertising Scam, a Jeff May joint. Oh, I'm working on it. Aaron Meyer, shout out to It Was Me, Jeff. I've been giving you $10 a month since the beginning so you could afford <laughs> more gas station Pop-Tarts, keeping you sluggish, just slow enough for me to steal Christmas. <laughs> Do you have, what's your favorite travel snack when you stop at a gas station what do you buy give me your sweet give me your savory okay well i always try i mean first of all caffeine if i'm stopping if it's a road trip i need caffeine um savory i mean who doesn't love cheetos but then you get your hands all up so like cheetos the puffed or the crunchy say again puffed or crunchy oh puffed you like the puffed? Yeah. You said that like that's a natural answer. Yeah, obviously. I'm not. I don't. My life is hard enough. I don't need my Cheetos to be hardened and bitter too. I want. When they look I like little tree branches. Yeah. Yeah. I want a cloud of cheese joy in my mouth. Um, so that's. That's going to be the title of the episode if I titled <laughs> these episodes. Um, so that's savory. And then sweet. Um, ooh, I mean. There's classic M&M's, very easy to eat. But oh, I'll you probably, like the brown bag M&M's, huh? Yeah, I mean, if I'm stopping to eat, I'll probably do something healthier. I'll probably get fruit, which is, like, boring. But that's normally what I'll do. <laughs> yeah. I don't think road trips are the place to eat healthy. <laughs> like, I get it, but also at the same time, like, come on. Like, <laughs> I need those comp. I need pizzeria pretzel combos. Yeah, I just, like... You travel so much as a comic that I'm like, I got to just start like track. So I'll normally, if I'm being honest, what I'll normally get will be like fruit or like smart pop popcorn because that's like not that terrible yeah, for right. you. But it's I like had a, boring. I had a, a gas station cherry pop tarts yesterday. <laughs> that's a good one. When you can find the cherry, that's a good day. It's a good gas station. <laughs> and the good news is that they're probably almost about to expire if pop tarts ever expired. I like them when they're hot, though, when you can heat them up. Oh, you like them toasted? Yes. Mm. I prefer them raw, but I'm not mad about a brown sugar and cinnamon toasted or s'mores toasted. Oh, wow. You prefer it like not to... That's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just trash. Anyway, <laughs> there's no... Maybe I'm white trash. <laughs> yeah, no, you that's... don't eat your Pop-Tarts the sophisticated way. Yeah. <laughs> toasted with your pinky out. <laughs> I uh, 
my roommate made toast up until like last year. She made toast by turning the burners on because on our gas stove and just putting a piece of bread on it and flipping it. And I finally, for Christmas, bought her a toaster oven and she was like, what? And then finally she learned how to use it. She's like, this thing's the best. And I was like, yeah, they've been doing great. Toaster ovens have been really doing great. I can't. Um, But yeah, she, she cooks like if, when she's, if we're doing like a taco night or something, she'll turn the flame on and then toss a tortilla on the burner. She cooks like and a like, pioneer. That's crazy. And like, yeah, yeah. It's it's really interesting. I'm I'm always just like blown away by it. I'm like, this is fascinating to me. <laughs> wow. I've never seen somebody make toast by just putting it on an open but, flame. Yeah, actually toasting it. I mean, does she also churn butter and like season the bison meat overnight by hanging well, it outside nice. your windows? Like, what is she that, doing? <laughs> that would be nice. I'm not going to lie. Like, that would be pretty pretty great shout out to Cronenberger Meister Meisterburger three Jacob Tremblay's in a trench coat sneaking into an R-rated movie Parker <laughs> Aylesworth just Parker Aylesworth shout out to Christy Salinas hi your friendly neighborhood mortician here to encourage you to get life insurance <laughs> uh, that that is information that is being relayed from a very specific point and I <laughs> think that's a great idea Jeff has colossal feet probably he's a big <laughs> I, I don't have small feet I have a, a 13 or a 14, depending on the brand. Ah, well, according to WikiFeet, I have okay feet. Just okay feet? <laughs> yes, that's what they said. There was one photo, and it was me in a giant group picture. So <laughs> I'm like, sure. That, that means somebody went for it. Which is like creepy. The, <laughs> yeah, the only picture they could find is you in a group photo, and they're still like, I got to make this, though. <laughs> but that's going to feel like you've made it, right? Is that the real blue check mark? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is wiki it having a wiki feet. That's mm. how that is how I verify people's identities. I'm like, should I take my news advice from you? Let me check your wiki feet. <laughs> Want to something eerily unexpected? I have pretty feet. Really? Which and that shouldn't be the case for a <laughs> myriad of reasons. Not the least of which is that I abuse the shit out of my feet. <laughs> I was running six miles a day, you know, during the pandemic. So like. These should be hideous, but they're not. I've seen friends back home where I'd be like over their house and they're like wearing sandals and it's, it looks like a looks like a brick on the back of their foot. Oh, it's all like, yeah. And I'm just, just like, what do you learn how what to did use you... lotion? The f- is yeah, wrong with people. But I don't even lotion up my feet. Really? I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, what are you? What did you catch to have that be a thing? And I don't want to body shame anybody, but I'm just like, I don't know how that happened. But I don't want to body shame anyone, but shame on you. <laughs> Yeah, shame on you specifically. No, but I, I don't know. Like, I didn't do anything for it. It's like being tall and being complimented on it. Mm-hmm. When people are like, you're really tall. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> I worked real hard at it. I don't know what to say. But I have surprisingly pretty feet. No no wiki feet. Somebody make me Not a wiki yet. feet. One day. Yeah. I'm going to really start posting photos <laughs> of just me. Like real, real wiki feet bait. I'm just going to... There's going to be a lot of pictures of me with my feet up and just, oh, you know, just listening to a podcast, my foot just sticking it up. No, I hear you. You're going to, what's that one director that's obsessed with feet? Why am I forgetting him now? Tarantino? Yeah, you're going to Tarantino the out of your Instagram, just unnecessary. Do you, do you think that you should get pictures of, of your feet out there more so you can make sure that your okay feet are then be like, no, they're actually pretty good here. Here's a better no, picture. No, I don't. No. I just, 
I'm not, I mean, look, if that's your thing, that's cool. It's not my thing. So I, I don't care if my feet are sexy or not. <laughs> I, I don't, there's too much other to worry about. I'm not going to care about that. <laughs> I'm too competitive. If I, if I, if I had a wiki feet and people were like, Jeff May has okay feet, I'd be like, the f I do. <laughs> I'd be like, what do you, what do you think about this? Yeah, that's a group photo. competitions I don't mind losing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that must be very freeing to not care what a random internet weirdo thinks Wiki about your feet. Hot dog eating contest. I don't want to be the person that could eat the most hot dogs. It just feels bad. <laughs> I don't want to be that person, but I wouldn't mind being the person that is constantly eating hot dogs. Oh god. Do you not like hot dogs? I just think they're so. I mean, I don't really eat them because I was. Te I'm technically vegetarian, so I'll very rarely eat meat. Are you? Let alone, let alone a f hot dog. Ew! Like it's so. Are you vegetarian for moral reasons? I was raised that way, and then yeah. like I still continue it because I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> Is that moral, cultural, religious? Uh, your parents? Cultural, religious, and then yeah. now as an adult, more moral. Where I'm like, eh, animals aren't really treated right, and I don't want to eat anything that's super smart. It just feels f***ed up. Yeah, I I kind of have been thinking a lot about it, and I was like, I totally get like veganism, mm -hmm. but I don't understand vegetarianism from a moral perspective because i'm just like well if you're not vegan you're still causing some pretty pretty damning situations here um yeah but also that's wrong I, but also i eat all of it so <laughs> so i have no i have no moral ground to stand I, on anything. i try to eat less of it that's my whole thing yeah. is like just reduce i'm like i'm not gonna f i don't know i'm also buying clothes from forever 21 and <laughs> like, people i'm not i'm not yeah. a good person like i said <laughs> that's fair Aside from feta cheese, during the weeks I eat pretty much vegan. Really? Um, by accident. It's just that my protein powder is vegan, and I just I have a protein shake and then a salad, yeah. and uh, I put a little bit of feta cheese in the salad, and that's the only non-vegan thing that I consume. Yeah, that's like similar to me. Other than when Sean yeah. orders food, like I'm yeah. pretty much like salad. Um, I'll drink a shake or whatever yeah. the. And that I make with like almond milk and like veggies and shit. there's no real animal stuff in it. Yeah, because I mean, because Sean, Sean White, your husband, um, is very talented cook uh, and very southern uh, in the the sort of mentality of cooking. So that's got to be hard if you're like, well, I'm pretty much a vegetarian. He's like, Silver, I got a rack of ribs like in the Flintstones. Come on, eat it. <laughs> And then he was just like, well, this is not exactly the way that I normally would eat, but I am a supportive spouse. I know, spouse, so. and everything is like butter and cheese and like really tasty, but it's like, I shouldn't be eating this. Yeah. I'm going to get you fat. <laughs> you trying to tell me that you don't want to eat this delicious rack of ribs? <laughs> That's my Sean White. Very, it's impressive. If I was in a more open situation, I'd be, I'd be doing it a lot better, but I feel like that wasn't a terrible. No, it wasn't bad at all. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, a shout out to Verbose Minimalist, World's Humblest Man. Mindfreak555 says, if you don't like the Grand Canyon, visit Providence Canyon, a real American canyon. You must be so f confused at the amount of Grand Canyon stuff in here. Yeah. Um, I went on a podcast one time and just said, I don't f the Grand Canyon. I don't care. I don't give a sh If I was at the Grand Canyon, I would look at it and I'd be like, yeah, that's... That's what the postcards look like. But it's also scary. Like, why do I want to be reminded that the Earth can literally just swallow any of us at any given point in time? Like, it's like, oh, you want to right? stare into the abyss? No. That's so Yeah, fucking... it's like going to a murder museum. <laughs> but that being said, I don't know. Women like to listen to 
true crime podcasts all the well, time. That's so actually entertaining. You know what I mean? That's interesting. There's a villain. Like, what is the villain? The ground? Like, I just, I don't care. The earth. <laughs> I think earth. You know, I saw it 28 days later. No, not that. Not 28 days. Uh, the day after tomorrow. I don't know. I can never <laughs> tell about day movies. Um, shout out to um, Ass of Bass. <laughs> to Jen. Be earnest and enjoy what you love. Such a sweet message from Jen. Nicholas, you're doing great. Fabian, Gotham City, OSHA, and Jeff May convinced me to quit Twitter, and you should quit too because it's awful. Yes. Um, we talked about it. I can't quit. I know. I wanted to die so I don't have to quit, which is how you know I'm addicted. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm young or good-looking enough to do well on Instagram. <laughs> I'm not old and racist enough to do well on Facebook. Uh <laughs> Twitter is my sweet spot of like, I don't even have to show you my face. I can just write a joke and you might appreciate it. Um, so that's it's just, yeah, I know, but it's gotten so f- bad. Like all the regulation is gone and like, it is a bit much. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a white guy noticing it, I can only imagine if it's for anybody that's not within this specific demographic, it's going to look even worse. I know. It's just like, I'm like, either he said at one point, he's like, oh, I might give up the company. And I'm like, do that and leave. So like the rest of us can keep using this because yeah. it's like, it's bad. It's like you guys had a racist platform. Go to that. <laughs> I love the people that think Elon Musk is like, just like the smartest man in the world because he's the richest man in the world. And it's like, Oh, no, he was just pretty good at marketing on a couple of things. It's so crazy. But then it's like you look at like medieval times and you're like, how do people believe in kings? And you're like, oh, this is how this is how you're that stupid that you went. Oh, this weird man in pantaloons was sent by God. Like, that's what Elon Musk people are. They literally treat him. There, There is an emotional fiefdom to yep. this aspect where people they they really genuinely believe that the royal cares about them and it's like oh, i don't know if you know this but any of these people that love elon musk he wouldn't even f- look at you twice like that is an elite man who got money off of his parents emerald mine if we just we just walk the lands long enough certainly yeah. our king is likely to notice <laughs> it's like no buy all the dodge coin you want he doesn't give a f- about you he's actually scamming you he's a terrible person he's he's not good he's not and he's so not funny and he just wants people to think he's funny and he's like the worst edgelord open mic comedian i have ever seen it's so bad it's so bad and he's literally like lost with the he's done with like companies and like trying to be popular online like the millions of dollars he's lost by doing that so embarrassing the billions of dollars that he's lost it's even funnier that man has lost more money than i'll ever see in my life and i understand the like flex that that is but at the same time i just like seeing rich people lose yes like if rich people lose i get happier that's another reason why i want to see twitter burn because i do think it'd be funny if he lost a ton of money on this he'll just write it off because he's a huge piece of I know. Um, couple things I want to talk about, and we will. We're gonna end the show. Uh, we gotta. We're gonna get through that, and then we actually will have some bonus content for Patreon subscribers. So if you are not on the Patreon, um, feel free to head on over to Patreon.com/slash Jeffmate. Did you hear my doorbell? <laughs> uh, my doorbell just went off. That's very exciting. Um, so we've got that going for us now. Uh, <laughs> 
This is great. This is all I've ever asked for. Um, you are actually nominated for a WGA award mm -hmm. for your writing on the Jim Jeffries show. Yes. Uh, tell me about that job. Um, I mean, it just was fun. gradual. Just tell me the whole thing about. No, tell me about uh, writing for Jim Jeffries show. Um, it was, I mean, it was fun. It was fun. It was my first Writers Guild job, so it was like so nice to have Writers Guild insurance for X amount of years. That was a massive life upgrade. So nice. Um. But yeah, it was good. It was like my first um, union and like late night type writing show from just going straight from like a game show top typewriter to actually writing more like thought out political pieces. So, I mean, it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. How long uh, How were the date? Was it like nine to five energy? In yeah, that thank God. It wasn't bad. It was actually like 10 to six. So I was like able to go out and do comedy and everything. I mean, some days you had to stay later, but yeah, yeah it was awesome. <laughs> he seems like a really nice guy. Yeah uh good to work for yeah mm -hmm. i played pinball against him did in you a, in a in a one ball pinball tournament uh yeah valerie valerie and i both we went to a one ball pinball tournament and uh and he was there with uh her friend dave that they're good friends with i think it was dave i don't mm. know the name maybe daniel i'm a bad person and i just like playing with him i didn't mention that i was a comedian that's hilarious. I was like, I'm not going to say, no, I'm not going to do that. Because the amount of like writing that must happen oh, yeah. when some when a famous comedian meets like a non-famous comedian in public, I'm like, I'm not going to do that to this man. <laughs> I'm not going to make him think I want something from him. Mm. Make him think I want it. Get an opening spot? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm just going to live my life and beat him in one ball pinball games. <laughs> uh, but he was really nice. I never got pinball. I don't understand it at all. I don't. I mean, it's it's just keep the ball up, and then there's there's ways to learn past that. It's really fun. You should come play with us sometime. I guess. I mean, yeah. I guess that is also what volleyball is. So maybe I shouldn't write it off. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind. It's ball. kind of <laughs> pinballs. It's really fun. You sh you should come play. We'll we'll you know. There's some yeah. spots near where you live. Oh yeah. We, there's, there's you know. Yeah. Not that we're not gonna tell you what are the closest spots. <laughs> For the feet guy, the foot guy is listening, and he's trying to be like, "All right, just tell me where the house is. Tell me what the location is." Um, how long were you writing on the show? Uh, for three years. Okay, so that's a pretty good gig for three years. Yeah. And then, is that? Do you want to go back to that style of writing? Um, I would, depending on the show. I'd rather uh, go into scripted, just because that would be more credits towards selling my own show which is i okay, mean yeah. i would be willing to write for anything i thought was cool um or that i enjoyed um or at this point just for a f check so i don't really give a <laughs> but um <laughs> right is there a dream show like past present or yeah you know, i'd say future but we know that the answer would be if you said future but past or present is there a show that would be like your dream gig for writing on um, Pastor Press, I, um, okay. I mean, I love what we do in the shadows. That's so much fun. Um, that is a I, great show. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Abbott Elementary is one of my favorite shows. So is like Ted, um, Ted Lasso. And, Ted Lasso is uh, great. Yeah. Oh my God. Southside is so funny, too. I mean, all these shows are so great. Any show I enjoy, I would want to write for. Uh, Righteous Gemstones is great. Like, all that. Oh, shit. yeah. That's a good one. Huh? <laughs> So, so you were writing for the Jim Jeffries show for three years. Mm -hmm. uh, that got you that Writers Guild insurance that's there. Mm -hmm. You would rather work in scripted. Mm -hmm. Is that like, or do you keep sending packets out for that? Like, how do you how do you work on getting that done? Yeah, it's like through my managers. So they like send out my writing samples and like look at who's staffing and then try and do that way. 
how often does that how how many spec scripts do you have to write over um, the course of say a month I mean, a, a like month. This. I don't know about that. I think like most comics probably just have one or two. I write a lot of scripts because I like writing. So I have a shit of scripts. Okay. That was one. <laughs> and when I mean that, I mean like how, with like between the opportunities, it's like, hey, can you can you do something in this style for like a packet or something like that? No, I mean, generally, it's just like they don't most um, most uh, they don't ask you to write something new for them because it takes a long time. Well, it depends mm -hmm. on what it is, but it can take a long time to write like an hour long script. That's not something you can turn around in a staffing window. Yeah. So the thought is like, if you are a writer, you should already have that to send to them. So that is kind of neat. You uh, so you write, but you also act. Mm -hmm. um, I ha There is something very interesting. There's two things that I want to talk about, and we're going to talk about that in the bonus content. But uh, you have a film coming out that you worked mm -hmm. on called Plan B. Yes. And which I, when I looked at that, the names like the cast was not unfamiliar to me where right. I was like, oh, <laughs> like, uh, like Shannon Elizabeth and Napoleon Dynamites and the, <laughs> like and, and Danielle Perez, yeah, uh, yeah. comedian. Like, so what what is plan B? Do you know when that's coming out or I don't know when it's coming out. I'm excited for it, though. Um, it's like a, a rom-com about a girl who gets pregnant um, and then like tries to convince a man she thinks will be better at raising her child uh that it's his um and it's like about you know figuring that out and navigating all of that um and i play that girl's best friend so oh cool yeah good good t good scream time yeah oh yeah oh nice <laughs> when did you film it last like i mean this past july okay great so july of 2022 mm -hmm. So it's in post. Yes. Um, so that'll be very exciting. So let's be uh, on the lookout for plan B. Wrapping up sort of the main episode here, um, talking about dog show, one of the things I noticed uh, is that it was recorded sort of in what we believed to be the tail end of the pandemic. Like mm -hmm. the pandemic had kind of fizzled out. And obviously, as of recording now, infections in California have gone up, what, 75%? So uh, crazy. It is. Did you, do you find that the pandemic... Did it change anything about your stand-up or did you just kind of power through and it's just more of like a resource for material or did anything change about it? Um, I don't think anything changed about it. I think it made, um, it was harder to run the hour going up to uh, preparing to the recording. And then yeah. like, of course, like obviously you should be masked. It's like the responsible thing to do, but like, performing for people who are masked that there's something that like the energy is just so f different and like the laughter doesn't carry as much and especially if it's like a small indie show where that i'm headlining it was just kind of like whoo and there's like no alcohol in those venues and everybody has a mask on i'm like this is rough uh so it definitely made it harder in that regard um and then just like shows getting canceled or like things happening so yeah. Yeah, we didn't bother. Like, as soon as the masking thing was an issue with Mint on Card, we're like, and we're pulling it. Yeah. We're not going to do this. Yeah. We're not going to put people at risk. Yeah. For a, for a free comedy show in a toy store. 100%. It's like, yeah, uh, I totally, um, yeah. I mean, at that, when I was running the hour, like, most people were boosted by then. And it was, like, mm -hmm. safe-ish. And, like, people were wearing masks. Probably as safe as, as it is now. So I was like, okay, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> where, where did you record the album? Uh, New York Comedy Club. Oh, New York Comedy Club in New York. Yes. <laughs> right. no, uh, well, that's New weird because there's New York Comedy Clubs Florida? everywhere. 
there are there i would guarantee you there's a club in florida called new york comedy club that's hilarious <laughs> I, w- I would check that so uh we can find you on instagram at subhaha yes <laughs> s-u-b-h-a-h-a and uh we can also find you as just suba Mm-hmm. Which is Subhaha without the A at the end. <laughs> S-U-B-H-A-H on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Are you on the TikToks? I am. It's just Suba Comedy. So S-U-B-H-A-H Comedy. Uh, at, which is also your website. Yes. <laughs> um, so you should absolutely... I'm, I'm looking up, by the way, I was looking up New York Comedy Club, L.A. And there are New York Comedy Club. I mean, uh, Florida. There are New York Comedy Clubs everywhere. <laughs> That's there's hilarious. a Los Angeles comedy club in Las Vegas. So there's like. So confusing. They, Why? It, Why it really. Yeah. They, they want they want you to think you're in a different city. I know. That's, that's how you know your city's not doing well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come to Peoria, Illinois for Wisconsin comedy club. Like whatever the. F- yeah. I'm going to assume everything about a Peoria, Illinois comedy club is going to be about Richard Pryor. <laughs> like it's oh, just gonna be it's just gonna be richard pryor i just um, like the idea of <laughs> it's just you know your city is trash when you're representing every other city as a business yeah. where it's like come here for parisian yeah. roles and like not even like uh, you don't even have to go to europe just <laughs> miami suntan lotion and like anytime it's not about your city it's bad <laughs> yeah boston has a lot of those ones it's like boston comedy club in framingham and you're like that's not boston that is not boston that is 30 30- that's like when you see like a football like a football game where the new england patriots are playing and they're like beautiful boston here at gillette stadium and it's like gillette stadium is 45 minutes away from boston <laughs> it is a hike um so, um, Suba, we are, we're about to uh, we're about to move our way out of here. Again, if you are a Patreon member, uh, I'm going to talk to Suba and I are going to talk for a little bit more on the bonus content. But for the people listening for free, Suba, is there anything else you want to uh, talk about? Plug, obviously, Dog Show. Find it on Bandcamp through Blonde Medicine. Um, definitely listen to Family Gems. Uh, find Suba at Subaha on Instagram or Suba on Twitter, subacomedy.com. Plan B is coming up. Did I miss anything? Um, I guess I have like a weekend at a, a comedy fort uh, Jan- the first weekend of January. So I'll be out in Colorado. But like That's all that in information is on my website. So comedy. So if you're in Colorado, go to Fort Collins. Go to the comedy fort where you can see Suba perform. I, uh, From what I understand, that is a great venue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very excited for you for that. Plus, Colorado's great. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun state. <laughs> a lot of good, pe- a lot of good people in Colorado. I've had good times there. Uh, if you want to hear more from me, uh, obviously, please head on over to Patreon.com/slash/Jeff May, where you can hear this plus uh, monthly shows like Ugg Fine with Kim Crawl, as well as Nerd with Dre Alvarez, which you can get for free as well. But you know, I like when you give me money for it. That's nice. Um, so you can get on over there. You can also hear Unpopular Opinion and You Don't Even Like Sports, a sports podcast for people who don't like sports, both on the Unpops Network. And you can hear Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network. You can find me on social media at Hey There Jeffro. And if you want to see me live, you might as well come to Mint on Card. It's the second Friday of every month at beautiful Magnolia in Burbank, California. Our next show is going to be January 13th, I believe. And that is our anniversary show. So it's going to be packed full of people. Suba, I'll see you in the in the in the uh, in the Patreon exclusive content here. But uh, for now, just say goodbye to the for, say goodbye to the cheapskates. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for <laughs> Bye. listening. <laughs> Bye.
Hey everyone, our artwork is created by Justin T. Brown, who can be found at Artness by Justin Brown on Instagram, as well as artnessbyjustinbrown.com. That dope music you heard is by Troy Nababon, available at Troy Nababon on Instagram, as well as at troynababon.com. Nababon is spelled N-A-B-A-B-A-N, and boy does that shred. Thank you all so much for listening. See you next time.